want to uh, continue talking about living in the glory of God. And uh, so we'll uh, draw your attention once again, once again to Exodus chapter 40, verses 34 through 35. How many of you want to live in the glory of God? I am hungry to live in the glory, in the glory of God. What a, what a marvelous, what a marvelous, I want to say concept, but it's more than a concept, it's a reality. We can live in the presence of the Lord. We can live in the glory of God. Exodus chapter 40 and verse 34 and 35, Then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle of meeting because the cloud rested above it. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And this wasn't the first time that Moses had experienced the glory of God. There was, there was uh, the meeting on the mountain when the Lord tucked Moses in behind a, a cleft of the rock. And, he, and, and the Bible says that the glory of God passed by him. And Moses had a, a touch or an experience of the glory of the Lord upon that mountain there with, with God. And then it come to the tabernacle, and again, Moses could not enter because the cloud was so thick that he could not, that he could not enter into the tabernacle. The glory of the Lord, the cloud of the glory of the Lord was so, so thick. I remember years ago, um, we first moved to New Brunswick. Uh, Sister Farrell and I was invited down to Back Bay to do a youth weekend there. And so we drove down to Back Bay and uh, preached the youth weekend. And Sunday night after service, we decided to come home. And it was, uh, it, it was all good when we left Back Bay but when we when we turned off at St Andrews to come through the how you've all been through there you know it you come through that and it brings you into Harvey you know you come you come into the road that takes you to McAdam or Harvey and when we entered into that woods and I, if it looks she's she's chuckling already i have never in my life experienced a thick fog like we experienced that night. Um, you, you, could, you could see the headlights, but there was no beam going out. You could just, you, you're, the headlights went as far as the front of the car, and that was it. And so we, uh, we just kept our eye on the little yellow line. And it, we drove two miles an hour through, through there. 
I will never forget the thickness of that, of that fog. And if I uh, really, if we'd have had any brains back then, uh, we would have turned around and went back to somewhere and spent the night uh, instead of trying to, to drive through there with moose and everything that uh, is so prevalent through there. But, you know, we pressed on with all possible dispatch. And uh, I will never forget the thickness of that. And so when I think about this glory cloud of God settling over the tabernacle, that's, that's the image that I have in my mind. It, it was so thick that really we shouldn't have even been driving. And the word of the Lord here said that the, the glory cloud was so thick in the tabernacle that Moses could not enter into that tabernacle to minister. It was that, it was that thick. It was that, that heavy. Oh, my Lord, in, in your name I pray. Lord, let us have a, a heaviness of your glory, God. Praise your name in this hour and in this day. Uh, a, a hunger and a passion, Lord, to enter into times of glory like, like that would be so dynamic. And then, you know, if, if it was a study, study the tabernacle, and you've heard it preached so often that there was, the, there was the outer court, and then there was the holy place. But then there was this veil, this veil, this heavy veil that separated the holy place from the holiest of holies. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, uh, something moves in my spirit when I say that, when I, when I think about the holiest of holies. And in, inside the holiest of holies was, was the mercy seat and the, 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 the angels and and the high priest only, once a year, could, could take some blood. And he could go behind the veil. And in that, in that holiest of holies, that room, the Bible says that the Shekinah glory of God would settle into that room. And uh, oh my, and so the only person that could really experience that was that high priest and, and could go in there and the glory of God would settle over the mercy seat and, and there the high priest would commune and fellowship and he would experience the glory of God in such a powerful, dynamic way. Oh, you think, well, Pastor, you, you've kind of gone off a little bit on the deep end. I don't know. There is a, a hunger and a passion in my heart that when we come through those doors, that we enter into here, into this sanctuary. And I know it's just a building, but this building has been set apart. It's been, it's been anointed and dedicated to be a gathering place of the people of God. That when we gather here, there is a glory of God 
that will manifest itself. And, and, uh, and it's not just so we can go out of here and say, oh man, what a service we had tonight. But it's so that individuals can come in that door and come into the sanctuary. They can come into the holiest of holies and they can kneel and the glory of God can come down and touch their heart and touch their lives. Praise the Lord. Today, today an individual came to noon prayer and they, they walked in and I was up here praying and, and you could just sense a, a spirit of heaviness there, a spirit of heaviness. And Sister Farrell was walking around praying and met an individual at the door. And they began to just uh, talk. And, and as, as they began to talk, the, the, the Bible says, take off the, the spirit of heaviness and put on a garment of praise. And, uh, oh, the glory of the Lord began to settle down. And, and before long, they were, they were praying. And, and I got to join in with them in the prayer. And you begin to feel the glory of God as it, as it began to touch and minister and, and lift a, a heavy burden and a heavy heart. I'm telling you, there's nothing like coming in to the presence of the Lord and feeling the glory of God as it begins to settle down on our, on our hearts and on our minds. And it doesn't have to just be in these four walls. It can be in your car. It can be on your job. It can be going into the stairwell of, of where you work and saying, oh God, I just need to feel your presence. I need to feel your touch. And it just doesn't matter where you're at and where you're, what you're doing and, and what's going on. You can have a little praise break and feel the glory and the presence of God as it settles onto your, onto your heart. Amen. That, that thick fog of the presence of the Lord. How many of you have, uh, how many of you have ever been in a, in a service and maybe it, maybe it didn't, there wasn't a, a visible physical fog, but how many of you have ever been in a service where you just felt like, I have been in the presence of the Lord. I have been in the presence of the Lord. And, and uh, maybe you can't see a fog, but maybe your mind's in a little bit of a fog. I, I, just, I just still, there's that lingering presence of the Lord. And, and you, you take it and you get in your car, and it, it, it's there with you in the car. And, and you don't even, even want to talk to somebody about something silly, Tupperware or something like that. You, I don't even want to, I don't even want to taint my mind. There, there's such a, a glory of God that rests on me and, and uh, you, you take it home and it, it goes in the door with you and you, you go into your house and, and it's still there and it lingers for a, a day. That glory of God that settles on you. Oh, church, that, that's what this is all about. That's what it's all about. Living in the realm of God's glory and feeling, feeling that his touch on your on your life and praise God 
And so we want to live in the glory. And so uh, the, the first thing that we talked about uh, last week was Moses did all that he was commanded to do. And we talked we talk about, we talked about uh, doing all that God commanded to do. I think it's I think it's dangerous ground for us to live a compromising walk with God or have a a compromising relationship with the Lord and yet expect that we're going to live in a dimension and a realm of God's God's glory. It doesn't work that way. <clears throat> But we, we're kind of in the mindset, and I've said, I said this a few years ago, we're kind of in the mindset like we're shopping for a car. I want the top model. I want heated seats and heated steering wheels, and I want heated windshield wipers, and I want heated brake pedals. But I only want to pay base model price for it. I know you folks. That's what you do. Uh-huh, yeah, I want that, but I'm only going to pay. You're ripping me off. I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go across town. I almost, I almost went and shopped somewhere else today. I, I was, uh, I was, I went, I almost, I, but I prayed through in my mind while I was there. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. But that's sometimes how we go to God, you know. None of you walk into the car salesman and say, I want that car with every feature on it, and I'm willing to pay, I'm willing to pay 30% more than what you're asking for it. Boy, I'm telling you, that I'm touching a nerve tonight, aren't I? That's not even in my notes. No, we want, we want everything and we want to pay bottom dollar for it. But when it comes to serving the Lord in heaven's economy, in the economy of God, we're not, we're not shopping for the best deal here. I'm, I'm investing in the glory of God. Lord, the word of the Lord said, take up your cross and follow me. Lord, I surrender everything. I give you my all and my all. Not, not looking for a shortcut or a deal. I'm not trying to bargain. Lord, here it is. Everything I've got's yours. I want to live and walk in the glory of Almighty God. And so Moses, <clears throat> before the glory fell, before, before there was a thick, cloud of the glory of God, the Bible says that Moses and the people did everything that God commanded them to do. And I know that's a little bit of a strange concept in today's world where, where we are always looking for the best deal. And, and the cheapest for the most, or the most for the cheapest. But in God's kingdom, in God's co uh, economy, he, he, he is moved, <clears throat> he is moved by those who give everything. Everything. I was thinking, the, <clears throat> I was thinking this morning, 
I was thinking this morning, I don't want any chuckles about that. Yes, there are times I think. It's not very often, but every once in a while, I will think a little bit. I was thinking this morning about the widow that gave the, the two basic coins. I, I forget the Bible says that they were pence or mites or what they were. But, but Jesus was sitting back watching this little lady walk up to the offering plate and put those two little what would seem insignificant coins into the offering plate. And, uh, and Jesus, looking at that, spoke and said, she has given more than these others because she gave everything she had. Hallelujah. God's, God knows my reserves. He knows what I've got tucked away. <clears throat> and and uh, the funny thing is, is that I'm giving this over here, and, and we're, we're doing sleight of hand with God. See, look what I'm doing over here. And God's, God's looking behind the curtain saying, yeah, I'm kind of interested in what you're holding back over here. I want to live in the glory of God. What are you holding back, Dave Farrell? What are you? The Bible says that before the thick cloud of God's glory settled over that tabernacle, Moses did all that he was commanded to do. Now, so tonight, part two or four or B or C, whatever we're on, the, the, next, uh, the next thing that I noticed in reading this series of uh, this story, that the word of the Lord said that Moses finished the work. Look at Exodus chapter 39 and verse 32. Exodus chapter 39 and verse 32. And if you got it, say amen. Amen. I noticed, Ben, when you came in, you still carried your Bible. I saw you bring your Bible. That, that, that moved me. That moved me. I like, I like that. And I mean, I know we have electronics and all that, but I still like to have that Bible. How many of you love your Bible? I love, I love, I've got it right here. It's right here. Okay, Exodus 39 and verse 32. Thus, all of the work of the tabernacle of the tent of meeting was finished. Not only did they do everything they were commanded to do, they finished it. Thank you. 
That was such a powerful point. I was, I was, I was waiting for the fire to fall right there on that. And I got one little weak, amen. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. Not only did they do everything they were commanded, but the scripture points out that they finished, they finished the work. Now, you know, I've, I learned this past week that the Bible has a lot to say about, about finishing. It has a lot to say about finishing. Go home and get your Bible and do a word search or Google it or whatever on, uh, on what the Bible says about finishing. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 1 says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. God completed the work, finished it. Deuteronomy said, uh, Deuteronomy talking about Moses Moses made an end of writing the words of the law in a book until they were finished. He didn't stop with just 80% of what God told him to write down. He kept writing until he was finished with it. He wrote it all down. He didn't just stop at, at, a, at you know, I'm, I'm done... I've done pretty good. How many of you love it when somebody doesn't finish the job? Oh. Oh, give me a stroke. Finish it. Finished, finished. Moses didn't stop, Deuteronomy said. He, he, he wrote and, and wrote un, uh, until... It was finished. Joshua chapter 4 said that the priests which bear the ark stood in the middle of Jordan until everything was finished that the Lord commanded Joshua to speak unto the people according to all that Moses commanded Joshua. And then the people hasted and passed over. Those priests walked in with the ark and stood in the middle of Jordan until Joshua was done with his sermon and said everything that Moses told him to say. They stood there in that water holding that ark until, it, until Joshua was done. I've taught over at Umpy the last 15 years and um, Tuesday nights. You want to know what drives me crazy? Those students know when class time's starting to wind down. And before I'm done, some of them will start closing their notebooks and their laptop and putting it in their backpack. Does that ever bug me? I'm not done yet. I've got a few more things I want you to write down. I'm such a mean professor. And so I'll wait until they get it all packed away. And then I'll say, listen, there's one more thing I'd like you to write down before you go. <laughs> 
and then and then they have to dig it out or they write it on their hand or their arm or something to make sure it's they get it to get it all done. They waited until Joshua was done. I, I, I'm hoping. I'm wanting to get. I want. I'm wanting to get a finishing spirit in you. I don't want to. I don't want to just get. I don't want to just get halfway. I, I don't want to just get two thirds of the way. I want a finishing spirit in me, Lord. Not only do I want to do everything you've called me to do, but I want to finish the work. I want it completed in my life. I want to do everything until it is completely done and finished in my life. Hallelujah. Praise God. I have told the Lord in the midst of trials and learning tests and learning things, I've laid on this floor. I've laid over that 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 little platform back there I've laid across that and I've said I've said God I don't want this to end until you have finished the work in my life I don't want to get out of this I don't want to go through it again I don't want to go around the mountain again Lord keep me in this until it is finished finish this in me praise God I don't know, that's just, that's just me. Finish this. Don't let it stop. Uh, Naomi, Naomi was talking to Ruth about Boaz, and, and they were in the process of Boaz uh, taking care of her. And, and you know the story. Uh, Ruth goes into his, into his room, and he wakes up, and there she is. And, and then he tells her, I, I will I will do this. I have to go check with one more uh, kinsman and and if if that kinsman releases you, then I will I will I will honor you. And so and so she goes back and tells Naomi what Boaz told her. And this is so this is so powerful to me. Uh, Naomi says to, to Ruth, In Ruth chapter 3 and verse 18, she said, Sit still, my daughter, until thou know how the matter will fall. For the man will not be in rest until he have finished this thing this day. Oh my, I am praying tonight and teaching to you a finishing spirit. I want a finishing spirit. I want to live in the glory of God. And in order for that to happen, there's got to be a finishing spirit. Lord, I want to do everything you tell me, and I want to finish that. That's how you live in the glory of God, is uh, finishing the work that God has called you to do. Praise the Lord. Uh, in Kings, now we've jumped to the temple. Solomon has built a temple where the tabernacle was Moses. Solomon has built the temple. And in Kings, uh, the Bible says in two different verses, so he built the house and finished it. And then in another verse, uh, 1 Kings 6 and 14, so Solomon built the house and finished it. Uh, and and. And we also know that when they went to dedicate it, the same thing, the glory of the Lord filled the house. And, and Solomon, it was testified that he, he, finished, he finished it. Now, in First Chronicles, David was 
talking to Solomon, and this is what he tells him. Be strong, of good courage, fear not, don't be dismayed, for your God, for the Lord God, my God, will be with thee. He will not fail thee nor forsake thee until thou hast finished all the work of the service of the house of the Lord. Uh, God, God hangs with finishers. God hangs with people that, that say, uh, I'm, I started on this journey, and I'm going to see it through, and I'm not going to quit, and I'm not going to back up, and I'm not going to change my mind. My heart is fixed. I am going to finish this. Now, I'm going to say something that's not accurate. Because the Lord never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He's always with us. We're never alone. But I would like there to be a, a spirit that gets in us tonight that says, I'm going to finish this thing if I'm the only one, if I, if I have to do this all by myself, if I have to serve the Lord alone. I am going to finish what God started in my life. Praise the Lord. Finish what God started in my, my life. Nehemiah talks about uh, finishing the walls. They finished the wall. Daniel, Daniel talks about uh, God numbering the kingdom and, and finishing it. So the, the Bible says a lot about uh, finishing. Matthew, uh, Matthew, um, uh, Matthew talks to us about Jesus finishing parables. Matthew also talks about Jesus finishing sayings. Uh, in John, in John chapter 17 and verse 4, uh, Jesus is praying and says, I have glorified thee on earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. In Jesus' prayer, he said, God, I have finished what you have called me to do. Oh, Lord, in your name I pray a spirit into our hearts tonight that, that is a made-up mind to finish, to finish what you have given us to do. Uh, John also talks about, uh, okay, uh, Paul, Paul writing to Timothy, what does he tell Timothy? I have fought a good fight, I have, say it, I have finished my course, finished it. I don't know. I hope this is blessing you tonight because it has sure excited me. I think you can tell. I want to do everything God commanded me to do, and I want to finish everything that God has asked me to do. Uh, uh, no, notice this. Notice this. Uh, notice this. Now, I've got just a few minutes left. If you, if you close your Bibles and, and act like you're done on me, I want you to know there's going to be war. I want to see your Bibles right now. Are they still out and open? All right. Thank you, Brother King. Thank you. If you close that, you're in trouble. Uh, notice this. Notice this. The word of the Lord said 
the, Lord, the word of the Lord said that they were building the Tower of Babel and, and the thing that got God's attention was they were, they were so unified that God said they are going to complete what they have started to do. There is something about a will to finish that moves God. Now, these guys were doing it for the wrong reasons. But their will to finish caused God to stand and take notice of what they were about to accomplish. So, Brother Farrell, I, I, my work's not done yet. The, fin the final chapter's not written yet. I'm, I'm still in the process. How can I experience the glory of God? How can I experience the glory of God when, when I haven't finished everything that God has uh, put in me? Uh, we can infer, we can infer from the story of the Tower of Babel that God will acknowledge a will to finish the same as if it was already done. And it will move God. I'm telling you, there's a power in made-up mind. There is power in a made-up mind. There is favor, hallelujah, there is favor and living in the glory of God when there is a will to finish what God has started in my life and what God has called me to do. A will to finish is, is, is almost, I want to be careful here, uh, please don't take it further than what I mean it, but, but a will to finish, a will to finish will get the attention of God. Amen. Uh, like it did over the Tower of Babel. All right. Now, uh, when, the, when the temple was finished, the glory of God fell. Now, I want, I want you to notice something here. Uh, in Matthew chapter 27, Matthew chapter 27 and verse 45. Matthew chapter 27 and verse 45. Amen. I like, uh, I like this verse of Scripture. Matthew chapter 27 and verse 45. Now when the sixth hour, now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some of them that stood there when they heard that said, This man called for Elias. And straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. The rest said, Let be, let us see whether Elias will come and save him. Verse 50, Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. So Matthew records this story, uh, uh, this story of the death of Jesus. He records it. It, it went dark. Uh, the Lord cried out, uh, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? They, they filled a sponge with vinegar, gave it to him. And uh, when he cried again with a loud voice, he yielded up the ghost. In other words, that's when he died. That's when he died. Now, I would like you to turn to John chapter 19. 
John chapter 19 and verse 28. John chapter 19 and verse 28. This is the exact same story. So Matthew recorded his perspective and his version. And now John is recording his. But it's the same sequence of events. Verse 28 of John chapter 19. After this, Jesus... Uh, I'd like you to underline this in your Bibles if you, if you do that. And you should. Your Bible, a, it's a textbook. It's a manual. Mark it up. Note it. Write in it. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the Scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. There was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar, put it upon hyssop, and put it to his mouth. When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And bowed his head and gave up the ghost. So Matthew records some of Jesus' words. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And, and then they gave him the vinegar. And then Matthew said he cried out again and, and, and gave up the ghost. John tells us what he said. When he, when, where Matthew said he cried out again, John tells us what he said. John said, he said, uh, it is finished. And then he gave up the ghost. He died. Praise the Lord. Now, I would like you to flip back to Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27 and uh, verse 51. This is the point of this little uh, biblical gymnastics. Here's the point. Here's the point. Matthew records that immediately, immediately after Jesus said, cried aloud with a loud voice, gave up the ghost, John said, Jesus said, it is finished, gave up the ghost. Matthew said, the very next event in verse 51, and behold, the veil of the temple, hallelujah, was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. Do you want to know what happened? Want to know what happened when Jesus finished the work? The glory of God became uh, everyone gained access to the glory of God when Christ finished the work. Hallelujah. 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 I want to tell you, Moses was on to something. It was powerful. Not only did he do everything that God commanded him to do, but he was, he was, he was giving us an example that if you finish the work, it gives you access to the glory of God. And the minute that Christ realized everything was accomplished that I was called to do, and he said, I, it's finished, it's all done. The veil was rent open, and all of humanity had access into the glory and the realm and the dimension of Almighty God. Hallelujah. 
There's something about a will to finish. There's something about a finishing spirit. There's something about a spirit that said, Lord, I'm going to finish this. I'm going to finish this. I'm going to finish this. It gives us access into a dimension and a glory of God that we can't have any other way. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What a significant event. A significant event. Hallelujah. 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 My walk with God is not probationary. I'm not, I'm not trying it out. I'm not, I'm not trying it out. I will give you permission to close your Bibles. I'm not trying it out. I'm not trying it out. This is, I have a will to finish. How many of you at some point in time in your walk with God could have walked away? You could have gone another direction. You could have, you could have, you could have gone away from God. But you had a will to finish. And the reason that you're experiencing what you're experiencing tonight in your life and in your family is because you have a will to finish. Everything that God told you to do. My kids make, make fun of me. They make fun of me. It's a because all through their all through their school and high school and college and even up to now I'd say to them finish strong finish strong finish strong Chrissy had opportunity her senior year to take a bunch of they're called bird courses. I don't know why they're called bird courses, but they're just easy courses. You just they're they're just they're just nothing. You, they're no work. So we sat down, she was talking to me about it her junior year or whatever. And I said, seriously? You want to finish your senior high school year just with no challenge, no work, no you want to just, you just want to float through your senior year? What, what is that? What is that? What is that? So when you walk out of that high school, you want to put that diploma in your hand? You want to know I worked and earned every ounce of this? And you want to walk out that door and finish strong. Amen. I get I get irritated when I when I watch sports and and the first string quarterback gets hurt and and the other team wins. They didn't win. The other team was crippled. You didn't beat them at their best. I could have played and beat them. 
could have won. They, they had their third-string quarterback in there. Everybody was hurt. That's not a win. That's not a win. No, sir, I want to finish strong. I want to I stand for God strong. I want to know I've fought a good fight and I've kept the faith and I've finished my course and, and I'm going sweeping through the pearly gates knowing that I have a, a great reward that I didn't get here because the devil was beat up. I'm, I'm here because the power of God and the glory of God was strong in my life and I completed and finished everything that was there. The Bible says on the day of Pentecost. Uh, oh goodness, I've got, I got to. Okay, would you stand? Would you stand? When the day of Pentecost, the Bible says, was fully, fully come. That's another. That's another word. That's another word to mean that the previous era, the previous epoch was finished. The day of Pentecost was fully come. They were gathered together and the glory of the Lord fell. I pray tonight uh, I pray tonight for a, a will to finish. A will to finish. Hallelujah. Philippians says for our conversation is in heaven from whence we also look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able to subdue all things unto himself. One of these days, we're going to experience the ultimate glory of God. Right now, we, we live in the glory of God. Right now, we live in it. But one of these days, he's going to call us home. And his glory will then be, well, the Bible says, well, Brother Bartlett, maybe you could tell it like your dad used to say it. One of these days, the last trump, this mortal is going to take on immortality. Hallelujah. And it shall come to pass the saying, Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? One of these days, not only will we be living in the glory, but we will be transformed and made in His likeness. Glorified in Him. But we got to finish the course. We got to be ready when the rapture comes. We've got to die believing so that on that resurrection morning, <laughs> that getting up morning, hallelujah, something's going to happen somewhere between here and over there. It's going to be more than a healing service. We're going to do more than just talk and walk and, and see. We're going to be changed transformed, glorified in 